Good morning. We have uh, here with us Paul Timmers, who is the director of the Sustainable and Secure Society Directorate in DigiConnect of the European Commission. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Tina. <laughs> Thank you for coming and being with us uh, today. Um, Paul, I wanted to start our conversation by talking about the role that the European Commission plays in facilitating cooperation and information exchange among the European countries. Very good question. Let me say something. The European Commission is perhaps not known for everybody, but it's kind of like a day-to-day -day assistance, governmental assistance for member states and for citizens uh, and businesses in Europe. And we really work a lot with uh, member states to develop policy. Like, for example, uh, tomorrow we are going to have a meeting here of a group at state secretary level, the eHealth network that is developing policy around the uh, cooperation between health systems across Europe, how they are connected, the interoperability aspects, and how you can, as a as a citizen, get actually health information even if you're traveling around in Europe and then get a treatment. That's one side. Uh, what we're also doing is uh, we are working a lot with the activities within the member states uh, around the best developments that are happening or uh, joint plans. And, and the big activity that we have there is the European Innovation Partnership on Active and Healthy Aging, which involves at the moment uh, some 3,000 partners. So that's a really big thing about around actually aging well, you might say. Ultimate objective, two more healthy life years by 2020. Uh, but we are, of course, also doing independent policy development. For example, um, here today, uh, there will be a lot of talk about uh, mobile health, where we have just issued a consultation paper, a green paper. We just adopted legislation around electronic identification and electronic signatures, which is uh, European Commission's own activity, so to say, which we do with member states and, uh, of course, the European Parliament, but which we propose also very relevant for the health area. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Um, what do you see as uh, some of the technological challenges that exist today within healthcare across Europe? Yeah. Well, actually, healthcare is really a great area for many of these te uh, technological things that we see happening right now. I already said mobile is mm -hmm. coming up pervasively. It's, I, we think it's really changing the way people are dealing with health because you've got it in your pocket, you know, and everybody, whether you are a tech or not tech, you will have it. Social media, great thing, because uh, health is also very much social, not next to being individual, but it has a big social aspect to it. Uh, and then there are the, the, the big things coming up, data, big data. We are working on policy around that, mm -hmm. uh, the use of cloud, the concerns perhaps that come around uh, privacy, security very much. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my roles is to look after cybersecurity policy and uh, support for research and innovation. We see a lot happening that will be relevant for the health area. So I think these are some of the big, big things that are happening in technological developments mm -hmm. uh, right now. And you mentioned some of the projects that are uh, currently and the initiatives that are currently running in Europe. Can you provide a little bit more detail on the big, uh, larger scale projects? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have uh, a quite interesting development going on, which started really kind of bottom up from people involved in the health and independent uh, aging well area, which is called this European Innovation Partnership on Active and Healthy Aging. From our side, the European Commission side, we are supporting that together with our colleagues that are in the health uh, uh, directorate channel very, and the innovation directorate channels very actively to make possible that uh, people all across Europe, from patients, uh, elderly people, uh, informal carers, hospitals, regional authorities that are responsible for health, technology developers, but also venture capital, for example, and, and of course the industry, the, the IT industry, but also pharma and, and nutrition, 
they come together to develop jointly a plan. We kind of uh, support them developing such a plan, which they did. And then we asked them, so what is that you actually want to do? What is your commitment going to be to realize two more healthy life years by 2020? And to our pleasant surprise, they came with many, many commitments we have now about 500 of such commitments that involve 3,000 partners from all across Europe. And what they do is pretty close to kind of reality. They are trying out new uh, innovations that, for example, can uh, prevent uh, that older people fall, or they mm -hmm. can help people that are using quite some medication, for example, if they have uh, multiple diseases, uh, comorbidity, as it is called, to manage their uh, use of medication, that it doesn't interfere, that they know what they do, mm -hmm. or to do activity tracking so that they know in daily life, can they actually live independently at home? Can they get the right support at a distance from a hospital? So it's a combination of innovation, social innovation, technological mm -hmm. innovation, uh, the real-life practice, and uh, we are very pleased that it has taken such a large scale in mm -hmm. Europe. Do you see population aging more of a, as a problem or as an opportunity? <laughs> That's a nice question. We we very encouraging is that when people from the field got together and they said, okay, uh, we have many differences because we have many different interests, but actually we find ourselves around actually a positive vision on aging, that uh, aging is an opportunity, uh, it's a big asset, it's the contribution that elderly people can make to society, the wisdom that they bring mm -hmm. in, their experience, is also a big business opportunity, clearly, because mm -hmm. there is a big demand and uh, for for good solutions. It's, of course, also a big challenge. I mean, let's be realistic. It's costly. Uh, the cost is increasing in many countries. It's not sustainable if we don't act, and we will need to have innovation for that. But in the end, it's very much about, um, let's say, the personal mm -hmm. quality of life. And I think that motivates lots of people in a positive way, mm -hmm. uh, improving uh, life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when, um, when plants like that are put together, how long... Does it need to, to pa how much time does it need to pass before we see expected results for citizens? Yeah. Well, one of the things is that if you say two healthy life years, two more healthy life years mm -hmm. by 2020, you actually think that's very nice, but it's so far away, isn't it? Mm -hmm. If you're aging 2020, mm -hmm. can't we do it a bit earlier? Mm -hmm. And in fact, uh, our request has been to the community try to deliver results in 2014, 15, 16. So do it right now. From past projects, we have supported many projects also at the European level and there are many activities happening all across uh, at the regional level. Uh, there are really uh, solutions already available there that can be used at a larger scale. So it's not that difficult, as a matter of fact, to take a solution from one place in Europe and start applying it somewhere else right now. So you don't need to wait until 2020. Mm -hmm. So our urge has been to ask uh, everybody, try to deliver as soon as possible. Keep the longer-term perspective in mind. Uh, take mobile health. Mm -hmm. You can get many apps today mm -hmm. that do some kind of uh, activity tracking. That's very good. That's the first step. With social media, you can be encouraged to live in a more healthy way. The next step will be that these apps get uh, integrated in the larger health systems. Mm -hmm. It will take a bit more time, but so we have a shorter-term uh, delivery, shorter-term uh, benefit, but also a longer-term perspective. And th we think that that combination is actually the one that we can make here in Europe. Okay. Let's talk about um, mobile health. I mean, uh, it's the big thing right now. And um, can you talk about policy issues that we see in Europe on, um, on this sector? Hmm. Mobile health uh, has been coming up pretty quickly. And uh, you might say actually very much 
by a combination of what is coming more around consumers and well-being, rather than necessarily health in the, ter- to, in the sense of, of illness, and also very much coming uh, from the side of professionals, uh, doctors, nurses that, uh, that use mobile health to, to uh, for example, better record what's happening with the patient and what kind of treatment plan that they need to do. So what we are seeing right now, some of the issues have, of course, to do around privacy. Do people understand well what is going to happen with their data? Uh, we see the issues, uh, what I just referred to, like you've got a mobile health app, app on your uh, mobile phone, but if it is disconnected from the larger health system, you have an issue because you can only do so much. You you can't, for example, combine it with an integrated care treatment, which goes really, like, so to say, from hospital to doctor to patients at home. So we have interoperability issues getting these data. Uh, we have technical semantic interoperability issues. We also have uh, issues that will, we think, gradually come up more, for example, around uh, security. Mm-hmm. So uh, some of the, the serious cases where we see that incidents like recently heartbleed, uh, people are warning the health system is particularly vulnerable mm-hmm. because in a certain sense, technologically, let's be honest, it is very advanced because you see mobile health and those kind of things coming up and, and advanced analytics, but it's also lagging a little bit behind other sectors that mm-hmm. have already been dealing with uh, security for a longer time, mm-hmm. like like electricity, energy mm-hmm. sector, for example. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I believe some of these issues is what the Green Paper on Mobile Health is trying to address. Can you speak a little bit what the paper is about and how can uh, citizens or anyone else that's interested can participate yeah. uh, in this? So the a Green Paper, it's a bit kind of bureaucratic term for mm-hmm. simply a paper in which we describe what is mobile health about, what mm-hmm. do we think about it. Uh, what is the potential? So it describes the market potential and what is happening right now. And then uh, the issues, issues that I have mentioned, such as interoperability, privacy, uh, security, liability, who is responsible, um, the opportunities for entrepreneurship, uh, is there enough investment and the right kind of investment in research and innovation? And we are asking on all of those uh, issues, opinions from actually anyone who's interested in this area. So Mm -hmm. citizens can react directly on our website. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lots of people we think will be discussing it in uh, their professional meetings, like also here at the eHealth Forum in Athens. Mm -hmm. There will be discussion around it. And what we hope is that, um, let's say, beyond discussing the issues, uh, those that are involved, whether citizens or patients, doctors, uh, the IT industry or uh, data industry or the pharma industry, whoever, that they start talking already about uh, addressing these issues mm-hmm. in terms of what can we actually do about it? What is the sensible kind of innovation actually that we could do? Mm-hmm. Or where could we put data on the table mm-hmm. uh, about the evidence of mHealth? Mm-hmm. So we, it's also an, an not only an invitation for opinion, it's also an invitation for action. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about any European-wide programs that um, uh, encourage entrepreneurship? Uh, within the uh, e-health and mobile health environment, and also any programs that are aimed towards training the healthcare workforce to develop digital skills. Quite interesting. When preparing the e-health forum here in uh, Athens, uh, my commissioner, uh, Vice President Nelly Cruz, uh, immediately also asked about entrepreneurship. And Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, we have a special entrepreneurship uh, activity here at the e-health forum, where she's also going to meet uh, a range of entrepreneurs from various areas. But we see that uh, there is uh, a lot of interest 
to, to apply to the health and well-being and aging area to, to be active as an entrepreneur. So what we do is, first of all, it's politically supported. It's stimulated to uh, step into these areas as an entrepreneur. Uh, we are offering uh, opportunities such as uh, Startup Europe, where kind of in an incubator or a, uh, role, a stimulating role, entrepreneurs uh, can get together with uh, professionals to, to start a business or to get uh, help to start a business. Beyond that also, what we do now, we have this new big research program, research and innovation program, Horizon 2020, and that has um, special dedicated actions around uh, both entrepreneurs and also small companies. So to stimulate them or to support them to be more involved in this and very much uh, rather than kind of defining precisely what it is about, uh, we have said, well, leave it to the entrepreneurs and leave it to the small companies. They probably know mm -hmm. what they want to do as, uh, as, as new developments and we give financial support for mm -hmm. that. Okay. There's also, uh, let's talk about transatlantic collaboration. I know there's an assembly here uh, which will discuss uh, European Union and uh, United States cooperation. What are the primary objectives of uh, such an initiative and what's in the roadmap? What we did in the EU-US collaboration, so we have a memorandum of understanding amongst others with the Department of Health in uh, the US, um, what we did is define uh, a few areas where we could practically work together. Because potentially you could, of course, say health is global. You can work on many issues. And I must stress we are not working only together with the U.S., but also with other countries. But we have that special uh, memorandum of understanding running. And we have said we will address two topics. One is interoperability, so the uh, flow of information so that uh, health systems at both sides of the Atlantic can at least to a degree be coupled to each other realizing that under interoperability you've got standards, standards better be global because mm -hmm. we are talking about global markets, uh, global needs. Um, and the second area is uh, the, the capabilities of the health workforce. So the professionals in the health field where again there is a big need to develop training mm -hmm. to work together. What we do is um, on both areas we are supporting that from our side with uh, investment in, in more, let's say, close to market uh, projects. Um, We've got a large project, Epsos, which is in interoperability, in which we can do transatlantic uh, tests and um, and find out, you know, what are the issues about uh, interoperability. It's mm -hmm. still very much, I would say, at the testing sta stage. We are not yet uh, in a deployment stage there. And the other is in the area of uh, health workforce, digital literacy, you might say, but then for the professionals where, again, we are working together. And we've got projects like Trillium Bridge, for example, mm -hmm. nice name. One of the projects that is also helping us in the EU-US collaboration. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Do you foresee the healthcare industry changing in the next five to ten years? What is very interesting about the healthcare industry, we think if you kind of see how it starts combining with uh, digital, all digital, it's almost like uh, an exemplar uh, area for change. I'm responsible for some other areas like smart cities, and I think we will learn a lot from health, actually, for how you live in a smart city, mm -hmm. things that are changing there. Because it's very much around, and that's probably the principal topic, uh, around how do you use data in a smart way across, um, let's say, previously separated areas. So in health, it's the separation between care, social care, and medical care, which is likely going to become much more fluid, if not disappear. You see even countries or regions that are introducing legislation to make it possible to fund from healthcare to social care, from social care to healthcare, which are very exciting developments, stimulated by actually the technological mm -hmm. opportunities. So data 
is going to be a big thing that may change uh, actually the industry a lot. So we get pharma companies nowadays coming to us that say, I'm actually an IT company. Mm -hmm. And I think soon they will say, I'm actually a data company. Mm -hmm. So that will change. Um, also the separation like between health and well-being. Are we talking about well-being, prevention, mm -hmm. rather than uh, health and care? Perhaps that's going to become more fluid. So hopefully people will do more, also because they like it, about uh, prevention. And mm -hmm. that brings the whole market closer to, let's say, a consumer-driven industry. And mm -hmm. that's where, again, things like social media is going to be uh, making a big change. So any company involved in social media should look at health as a big opportunity. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Paul, for your time. Thank you very much, Tina. <laughs> that was uh, Paul Timmers, Director of the Sustainable and Secure so Society Director in DG Connect for the European Commission. And back to you, Nick.